the story, the Akedah, reminding of Isaac, which is taken from Genesis 22, uh, having taken place probably about, you know, somewhere around 4,000 years ago, think about it, is also written about in the Great Kadashah, the New Covenant. Did you know that? In the New Covenant, uh, who, what's two authors? Let me ask you a question. What's two authors in the New Testament, Jewish authors, wrote about this passage of Scripture, this story in Genesis 24? That is correct. <laughs> Alright, who knows? What two authors also mentioned this story of Abraham offering Isaac? Was it Paul? Was it Peter? Was it James? Alright, well, okay, well, James mentions it. James or Yaakov, Jacob, uh, mentions it in chapter 2. Uh, and also the writer of Hebrews, which, uh, who knows the writer who the name of the author of Hebrews was. <laughs> well, you're the only one, because nobody has <laughs> Alright, so we're not sure who the author of Hebrews was. Some, you know, there's all sorts of speculation. Apollos, maybe, who knows. Um, but the author of Hebrews also, chapter 11, writes about this story. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> Rabbis refer to this as the tenth and climactic test of Abraham. He went through a lot of tests. So I want you to think about that in Genesis 22. Uh, if you've gone through tests in your life, and if you're following the Lord, you definitely have gone through tests in your life. Right? Um, and you will go through more. So yeah. I, I want to sort of message, actually, I hope he doesn't mind if I quote his name. I don't think this is going on. Well, it's been recorded. Sam Longstein, a friend of mine, happens to have lost contact with him. But he wrote a message and once he preached about trials and he talked about how one trial or test for the believer's life is just one trial after another. When I went out, he was a young man, he was a young man, a fire believer, and he preached that message. He was a good preacher, he was an amazing man. And uh, when I went out, that message was really depressed. He said, wow, all I have to look forward to is another trial. But anyway, but it's true, we do have one trial after another. But here's a here's a, a, a good ending to that, because those trials are purpose for a reason, aren't they? They perfect us, they mature us, they make us feel like the show, they have really incredible, intense intentions by God. And so this God, it says, the very first verse now is after these things, we won't go into what happened before, after these things that happened, that God tested Abraham. <clears throat> and he said to him, Abraham, Abraham. And what did Abraham respond to God? What was the word he said? Here am I. It's really like, yes, sir. At your service. Behold me now. Here am I. Translated different ways. But the idea is, and many people said that, a number of servants, many women said that, responded that way to God, and saying, here I am, I'm ready to go, at your service, I'm responding to God. That's how I respond. But the word test is nasah, the Hebrew word. Let's say that word, nasah. Nasah. Nasah, and it means to challenge. It's to challenge. It's to prove the quality of something, to strengthen it by exercise. Now listen, it's very important means to certify, not to injure. It's not 
to see if something is sound or genuine, but to show that it is. Amen. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. It's to show that it is genuine and sound. The word, there's a word that we love, we sing about it, we spoke about it at the time of the holiday of Hanukkah, that comes from this word, Asad. It's the word mess. Mm -hmm. It's on the I mean spin. What do we spin on? Dreidel. Dreidel, dreidel, So he says, I want you to go to the land of Maria, Maria, 
and offer him there as an olah, a burnt offering. Olahs, word to go up, to descend, to sacrifice, everything is burnt to a crisp. As a, I heard a Scott Peter scholar once say in the class I took, he said, Every, nothing left from the burnt offering. Give it everything. Every, everything's given over to God. And so I want you to offer your son a burnt offering there. This is unbelievable. On one of the mountains about which I will tell you. And I would think Abraham is saying, no, you know, I'm, this can't be God. I'm going in the opposite direction. I'm going to get it in the beginning of time. But he knew it was God. And this story is a, is a mystery in any sense. That, God, that, that he continued to listen to what God is saying and trust in him. And what does it mean? Well, there's different ideas. The only son, he had another son. The son, this is the son he loved. The son of promise, Isaac. The son destined of all the promises of what God is going to do to him. All right, let's move on. So he says, take your only son, Isaac, you love him the most, maybe. Take, please. The Hebrew word, kachna, is the way it's take, please. It's a request. It's not a demand. He's, he's asking. He's not demanding. He's asking, El Eretz Hamoria, my bitter Lord, my bitter Lord, and, and one of the mountains which I will tell you of, I'll tell you when you get there. When I'm ready to tell you, when I decide it's time, God said. And so they travel, and the third day, it says in verse 4, he got up early, Abraham got up early, okay. The third day, they left from Beersheba, to the Temple Mount of Parmabayim, uh, from what I understand, over 60 miles, a three-day journey. And imagine all the journey, all the walking, and they they get there. And Abraham, it's interesting, he goes trusting God. Abraham is called God's friend. Did you know that? Genesis 41a, James mentions in the New Testament. Abraham is called a friend of God. Don't you want to be called God's friend? Mm -hmm. I want to be called God. I want to know what God will say. That's, put your name in there. That's so-and-so. He's my friend. She's my friend. Why is he called God's friend? <clears throat> because he trusted God to do what he asked him to do. Um, John 15, 14, Yeshua said, you're my friends because you do I asked him. Even though, right? Even though he didn't understand why. Even though he didn't understand why. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your understanding. Right? Proverbs 3 5. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways, God says in Isaiah 55 8. And as the two of them are going, in verses 3 through 8, as you read the story, it's amazing to see the self-restraint of Abraham in keeping a secret. I guess it kind of reminds me a little of some things I heard only part of what Chuck was sharing the other day. But, you know, you don't tell every, everybody everything. And you don't you have to be careful. What do you tell in terms of situations? You make a mistake of just saying too much at the wrong time. Yeah. It's time to be quiet. Time to be silent. Not to say anything. He doesn't tell him why, what they're doing. 
God had promised that the Jewish people would be born through Isaac. Now he was calling for the sacrifice of Isaac. But Abraham did not dwell on this contradiction. He knew that God's ways are not man's ways, and that God transcends everything, and can do, therefore, opposing things that are incomprehensible to, to man. Now look at verse 11 in the story. Look at this. When God, when Abraham is about to sacrifice, bring the knife down, the dagger, whatever it was, this instrument down, he binds Isaac in verse 9. That's where the word Akeda comes from. Uh, he binds him, lays him on the altar. How old is Isaac, by the way? 13. <laughs>
I am such a jerk. I am such a, I use a lot of personal word. I am, I am so good. God is through me. God can't use me anymore. I forget it. I have so failed God. And I think prayers of Yeshua rescue me. Remember Yeshua saying, after you, Yeshua said to him, says, after you are turned about face in the Greek language, go and strengthen your memory. Go and strengthen I still believe in you. After you turn it out, you got over it. Turn it out. I still believe you're going to be a leader. You're going to go and you're going to strengthen others. I still believe in you. I believe those words came back to Peter and read that statement. He said, he still believes in me. He, he knew I was going to, this was going to happen. And he still says, I'm going to use you as a leader. He knew I was going to fall and fail. Isn't that amazing? I love that. That really helps me. Amen. Anyway. All these people, God, Yeshua, God, God spoke to these places, called their name twice. And Saul, Saul, 9, Acts 9, 4, why are we Alright, gotta finish this up. So, chapter, verse 13, look at verse 13. He offered him up, not him up, he did offer his son up. What did he find in the, in, instead of his son, he, in, he, uh, he found a, a, a ram, right? That's where we get the show far, the ram sword on Rosh Hashanah, the whole tradition that's caught in the bushes. And remember when Isaac had asked him, you know, Bob, Dad, where's the where's the land for the offering? And there's a beautiful messianic passage there, you know, a messianic uh, picture there when it says my son God will provide, God will see, yeah, the Iraq, God will see for himself, for himself a, a land. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord will see. This was the miracle, the nest. 
God saw to it. He saw for himself the lamb, the ram, that instead of the Noah, he trusted, he passed, Abraham passed the test, and he became the father of both the Jewish people and of our faith tonight, of millions of Jews through Isaac, and eventually also millions of non-Jews through the Messiah Yeshua. The adversary says, God doesn't see. God doesn't understand. But he does. We know he does. And he will see. And that's our confession. That's our confession. The Lord sees. And I close with this quote by one of my heroes, my favorite, that I quote Richard Cornbrand. Listen to this. Don't despair when the stars set. It's a sign that the sun will soon rise. Don't despair when devastating winds blow. Storms will pass. Storms pass over the garden of Messiah only to spread its perfume. In times of suffering, it's best just to keep quiet. When your Heavenly Father decides to sacrifice you, your joy, your health, your liberty, your position, for some mysterious purpose of his. Be like Jephthah's daughter, in Judges 11.36, even if you do not understand his purposes. That's the story that she said. Father said, you're going to be sacrificed. She said, sacrifice me. Remain quiet during the time of deepest suffering when a loved one dies. Jesus, Yeshua, said to his disciples on his last Passover, It is expedient for you that I go away. John 16, 7. These words might be said about everyone who dies. God loves you. Why would he allow you to lose someone precious if it were not for your good and theirs? Those who live in the invisible world of the Spirit view the death of a friend as a release not as a separation. Those who die will pass from shadows and images to truth. Even those in hell finally know the truth. And so he says, face everything quietly. When the stars set, the sun rises. Thank you, Lord, for this story of the